Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast. Discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417 217- Two nine five zero seven two three. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. It's been a hot minute since we've had an episode. John, what do you got going on lately? Oh, about the same you do. I'm ready to be back at it and do some podcasts. It's been too long. Oh, uh, sorry, we haven't had an episode in a while. John's got four or five houses he's been working on. I've got a house I've been working on, and uh, just with our businesses and stuff, it's just been a little chaotic. And we've unfortunately been keep pushing back uh, the guests that we've had on. But today we've got an awesome guest. Uh, his name is Jake Smith. He's a full-time real estate investor in the Springfield, Missouri area. He's uh, currently with uh, Keller Williams, right? Uh, he's focusing on flipping homes, doing rentals. Um, after spending eight years in a Fortune 100 corporate world, the corporate world, making over 120000 a year, Jake decided to ditch that noise uh, and make a dramatic life change. And now he's um, he's moved to the Springfield area and is pursuing his passion um, in real estate and entrepreneurship. Uh, his pride and joy are his wife and two boys. So without further ado, welcome Jake Smith to the podcast. Welcome Jake to the real estate podcast. <laughs> Dude, we're not which a real Jake, estate podcast. Which Jake are you talking to? Jake, better looking Jake. Yeah, that, that's I you. I don't know about that. Younger looking Jake. <laughs> easy, easy. Thank you guys for having me on. I've I've learned a lot from your podcast. Seriously, um, I've listened to every episode, and I appreciate you having me on. Hopefully, I can bring a little bit of value. I'm not to the level of some of your previous guests yet, but I hope to be. I I'm I'm actually with Keller Williams as an agent because of Dan Turkel, who I know you had on, um, and I know you're having maybe Zach Riggs and some other people on. Um, but I've listened to every episode and have a lot of, uh, inspiration and practical advice from your guests. So I appreciate you guys having me on. I'll try to give a little bit of value myself. Yeah, Sweet. dude. Dan's a cool dude. I like Dan, man. Dan is like, he's like so meta. He's just like, nothing can face. We dude, love he's just, Dan. He's so ch- Dan, you're the man <laughs> if you're listening to this. No, he's so, he's so chill. I love Dan Turkel, man. And he's just, he's a numbers guy. He's super smart. Yeah. I, I really like him. I really like Dan. I'm going to check that episode. You guys go back and listen to Dan's episode. What was that? What episode was that, Jake? Oh, shoot. That was episode, let me see here. That was episode number 340. 19. Number 19. Episode 19. Oh, I thought yeah. it was 340. <laughs> We're not even that many episodes yet. <laughs> and we don't even, I haven't even talked about Mike Bowman. Mike Bowman's such a beast, man. Yeah, he's a he, stud. We've Mike had him on twice. Yeah, I know. I've listened we might to have both. to have him on a third time because he's he needs to finishing follow. up another book that we need to have him on really? about. So, Mike, yeah. if you're listening... Except my friend request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. his pencil lead's burning, man. He's running through the books. Well, Jake, don't worry about uh, being like super. I mean, you're you're about where we are. You know, right. new investors. Um, this podcast is. <laughs> 
It's not supposed to be a real estate podcast, but we talk but it a lot is. about real estate. But it's about you know personal growth, whether that's you know fitness, health, uh, health, mm-hmm. uh, personal finance, um, all that kind of stuff. Business stuff. We love. We need to do more business podcast stuff. I love talking about systems. So. Yeah, we like Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, we like to use them. We don't like to make them. <clears throat> but anyhow, let's let's dive right into it, dude. Yeah. Like, tell us your story. Um, like. Tell us your corporate story and then how you transitioned to real estate, what sparked that interest, mm-hmm. and how you ended up where you are today. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I worked in the corporate world, like I said, or like you said in my intro, for eight years. Um, the first two years um, were, were with Nestle, which is like the world's largest food really? company. Yeah. And then- uh, Wait, what were you doing for Nestle? Supply chain. All eight years were in- su- okay. I was doing supply chain. Okay. Yep. And then after that, um, I moved, I did six years with Mars. Mars is like the company who makes Snickers mm-hmm. and M&Ms and, um, you know, candy. And they also have like pet food, a big, a big pet food division. So I did supply chain um, for eight years for those two companies. Um, and, I, and I put 120 in my intro, not, not to brag, but to just like give people an idea, like taking the leap um, and leaving that like quote unquote comfort mm-hmm. of, you know, that biweekly paycheck is a, a reasonable salary. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, I just want to give people an idea, like this is a big decision. Um, and, and give people inspiration that they can also do it, even though I definitely haven't made it yet. Like we've talked about. Right. Um, but I, I just put that in there because I want to make, be more relatable maybe to someone who wants to, wants to leave or wants to have a side hustle or, you know, maybe earlier in their journey like we are. So, so were you working on your side hustle while you were still working there? And, and then what transitioned you into just leaving? Yeah, that's a good question. So the last, uh, my, the first ever deal I bought as a true like real estate investment was May 1st of 20 last year, 2021. Wow, so, nice. so I haven't even been at it a full year yet. And uh, you have how many, how many houses have you done now? How many flips and, and we've done rentals? Th- three flips and we're closing on our fourth rental, um, on Friday of this week. And now you're doing this full time plus being an agent. I am not really being an agent to you be just, honest. I just, I just use myself for my own deals gotcha. and, and give myself some commission on the buy side usually. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so I, to answer your question, John, I, the, the last year um, of my, so when COVID hit, everybody could go remote. You guys probably are right. familiar. When we went remote, I, my family and I, we knew we, we knew that we wanted to move to Springfield. So we moved to Springfield. We all, we were working remote, and I started doing looking for deals on the side while working, you know, daytime the corporate job, doing supply chain remote. So, um, like I said, May first, we bought that first deal. And if I ever write a book, this is going to be the title of the book. That little house in Marionville, because that was my first <laughs> deal ever, believe it or not. I want to say this just real quick. Have you seen the white squirrels? I have seen some white squirrels. Dude, have you what? ever been there, Jake? Dude, they have albino squirrels in Marionville. They're known for really? it. Really? Yeah. 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 I had no it. idea. I had some on my flip. Like, I had to get them out of there. They were in there? <laughs> no, they weren't in there. Oh, they were in the sick. yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a place where the men are men and the animals are nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's cool that, you're, uh, that you stepped away. I mean, because most people... $120,000, that's a lot of money. Right. And most people uh, would be like, dude, I, I made it. I made the six-figure mark. I'm good. Because mm. I, I remember uh, even when I was in college, it was like, like that's like the magic number. You're like, six figures. I got to make six figures. Right. I got to make six figures. Uh, but you were already over that. Mm-hmm. And you took, I'm assuming, a pay cut to, to pursue your, your passion and probably to pursue 
something that's going to build a lot more wealth. Yes, yes, definitely a pay cut. I well, we'll see how the year plays out, but um, at at first, definitely a pay cut. So when I was in the corporate world, I, let's talk about maybe why I chose to transition out. Is I I felt like if you can imagine a like a a racehorse that is like bred and like trained um, to obviously run, and then I felt like I was a like my brain was a racehorse that was strapped to like a wagon in the Oregon trail. Ah, it's like, yeah. you know, I want to run, I want to run, but I'm, but I'm just stuck here having to do this work that I don't want to do, making money for someone else instead of myself. And I'm a very cliche guy. So don't, I mean, you can laugh at me if you want to, but I, I wanted to own my own destiny and some, instead of someone else owning it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think a lot of people, that's why they get into starting a side hustle or business is they, they want the freedom and the flexibility to dictate their own schedule and stuff. Right. Um, which is funny because John and I have talked about this before is like, you'll see that happen, but then all of a sudden they're the ones doing everything in the business. They're wearing all the hats and then they lost out on that freedom that they were originally pursued that for yeah um and that's why systems are so important but this is not a systems podcast we're talking about your story but it, but it should be it should yeah. be i mean you you have a great business there in um which we need to talk about by the way on my rentals but anyway um implementing systems you know i'm honestly i'm not i'm not fully implemented on a gr great system i i have contractors and i have some resources and a network mm -hmm. but definitely could could use help on the system side um but going back to what i was saying before is like when i when i bought the deal in the little house in Marionville, May first um, last year, um, I I made so many mistakes and like just what I've learned from from then to now, and still made a profit because of the probably the market we're in. Uh -huh. I mean, we made plenty of mistakes, but just everything's appreciating like crazy right now. Um, that that it gives it, it should give people encouragement. Like you can make mistakes. Give and yourself permission to make some mistakes. And if you can start on the side, you know, even if you're not remote, like you can you can hire a lot a lot of people to do a lot of things and just you know run your budget and your numbers. And right. Then make it. What's that quote you told me uh, yesterday about failing quickly? Oh, it said, uh, shoot, what was that? It's like when you're young, make the riskiest mistakes that you can make. Right. But as uh, quick as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Make the or be quick to make the riskiest mistakes or something, something like, like that. that yeah. mm -hmm. But what I just, just out of curiosity, because I'm like, I've thought about it on my first flip, but on that first deal you had, what do you think your biggest mistake was? Like where, what do you, looking back now, if you could change anything, what do you think you would have changed the most or what was your biggest mistake? Would be hiring a, a poor contractor and, and there were telltale signs like when he first showed up. I mean, yeah, we got it done. We made some money, but it wasn't without a ton of frustration that was certainly avoidable um, just because of the unprofessionalism, um, not showing up when he said he would show up and the quality materials not being there like he had committed to. Um, so, you know, vetting and knowing what to look for, I guess, in your contractors and getting multiple bids. It's so important. Like I learned to get multiple bids during that project. And then so we when we needed a new sewer line, the first bid came back at $5,800 and I, we ended up paying another company $1,600 because we got four bids. So the first, you know, I hired that first contractor to do the exterior, the, the poor contractor I was talking about, and he was the first bid. And that was my mistake. It's like, that you, was your you only bid. Yeah, that was my only bid. Gotcha. The first and only bid um, that came back. And I was like, I was just so excited to go, yep. you know, let's yeah. get started. Let's go, let's get the dumpster. Let's demo. Let's do it. And that, then, and then I hired that, him. I think and that's a trait of an entrepreneur, man. Right. You're just like, let's go take action. Let's go, 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 go. Action oriented. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that was my biggest mistake on that deal. Um, 
you know, there were some other little ones too, but that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. So when you left uh, the corporate world, like when, what was that transition? What officially you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm actually pursuing this full time. Yeah. When did you go full time? February investing? 8th, which is one We're we're sitting here March 8th. It's literally one month ago. Wow. Was my last day was February, February 8th. Oh, wow. You've been yeah, doing a lot of deals and on this just side hustling. Side hustling, yeah. yeah. I have been, um, and I, I don't want to say like I've had a lot of success because, I, I mean, I definitely have not made it like we talked about, but um, I, I, can, I can tell you that if, if you can start, like even the side hustle, which you can do real estate, I'm a firm believer on the side as a side hustle when uh-huh. you're first getting 100%, started. 100%. There's people killing it on the side. Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest piece of advice is, like, especially if you have a family, like, try to do it, your first deal even, just one deal on the side and, and see and learn your mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. How, what's your, what are you running into? Like, what's your biggest struggle right now? Right now? Yep. Deal flow. Like, yeah. that's why I'm okay. talking to you guys about, about how your wholesaling system set up. I mean, I, the last two deals, honestly, I bought on the market on MLS with, you know, and you guys know how prices th- are right now and how things get bid up. But we still, I mean, the last flip that we did, we bought on market and sold obviously on market um, and, and made, you know, the business made $59,000 on it just, yeah. Just to give you some numbers that's and tactical that's, advice. That's what me and Jake are running into is we've hit a massive roadblock and just getting deals. And it seems like everybody's getting in wholesaling. Yeah. It yeah. seems like there's so many, even virtual. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then especially in our market, I mean, our definitely in a cash flow market and everybody's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big population for Missouri. It's like the third largest. Um, and I think there's a lot of wholesalers popping up that have never done it before. Yeah. Um, which is, you could, one could look at it as competition, but... I mean, I'm a, I'm of the abundance mindset like Dan talked about. 100%. So, I mean, yeah. I think there are deals out there, but uh, talk about your roadblocks. I mean, what are you guys seeing when you say roadblocks? We well, just can't find any. I mean, I think it's a, a, it's a lack of us following up. Like, so we, we've had deals come through and we've locked some of them up and some of them we just, they just didn't pan out, but we just need to re like, we need better follow up. Yeah. And we just need to keep doing our leads, like bringing up, keep keeping them. Coming. that's honestly the hard part of everything too is is doing it seems like that hard like that work to me like following up with somebody that has a deal is harder than me going in and remodeling a whole house like that's probably the hardest thing that's what i struggle with the most is the follow-up more than yeah. i do remodeling or finding an hvac contractor or getting a roof put on like none of that ever bothers us it's just we know it's easy to let wholesalers bring you deals when you have one or two that are just yeah. bringing you deals. Right. But it's at the same time when you do that, you're kind of leaving your well, business. Well, the hard and part is, too, is these fans. wholesalers are starting to know like the deals are hard to come by, so they're able to jack up the prices more, and so you're you're yeah. not getting as much as you could as if you were getting those deals yourself. You and know? the sellers so. are catching on. The sellers, yeah, the sellers, see, are, the sellers are not stupid. They yeah. see what's happening in the market. Yeah. You know, even if they have a you know a property that needs rehabbed they see what's going on across yeah. the street you exactly. know, down the block. So I think it's a combination of all those things, but we're also seeing, you know, materials and um, inflation too. So maybe it's a rising tide for everybody. Yeah. And, and, and it might, it, I heard something, um, I think maybe it was a podcast or something. They said that, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to get into real estate in the future. Um, who knows though? You know, that's just what I heard. Well, stuff's just getting so expensive. Like I was yeah. saying the other day, material, I mean, I'm buying material every day. It's taken a huge jump, man. I mean, it was, I would venture to say it's even higher than it was when COVID. And I mean, we had massive material jumps when COVID was around. And 
like OSB sub floors. Yeah, and the stuff with your past where it was. Yeah, to probably cause that stuff to rise, especially some of the, like the metals and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're seeing that in the new construction market too. Is like, you know, they're building at 145 a square and selling for maybe 170, but you know, that's you're getting into the 600s or in our market for a, a four two you know mm-hmm. for 600 and it's new construction yeah but it's only a 42 yeah you know yeah. Um, <laughs> people so. out west are like what that's it that's all it is <laughs> well like we're That'd not be like 2 million i mean even on that sunshine house like i had a we had like a $60,000 budget to start with by, back in october but by the time everything was said and done and material was going up man we were like almost 100 grand in just cuz of the inflation Cost. Sorry, what did you say your budget was initially? It was like in the 60s. Right. And but by right. the time inflation was done, we were close to 100 on it. Yeah, I've done that with all three of my flips. Is like Which, I mean, there was a there was a massive profit margin in there. And yep. so, cool, but, I mean, it's still, you know, when you're projecting, trying to project profits, it makes it tough. It is very tough. I'd like to backtrack for a second because you, uh, you were saying something that I, I just want to highlight for a second because you're, you're being very humble and modest and saying you know you're like you're not successful or whatever but i would venture to say you are successful right you've already done three flips you're on your fourth getting your fourth rental yeah i think a lot of times we're playing that game where we feel like because we see a lot of especially with social media these guys doing big deals and all this different stuff like just be the hero of your own story man like you're still you're doing it you're killing it so like don't be so humble you know, like, <laughs> thank I mean, you. I be, appreciate it's it. It's good to be I mean, humble. It's yeah. good to be humble. But what I mean is just like, you know, give yourself some credit. You know, how like, old are you're you doing it? I just turned 30. Yeah, yeah you're still young. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you're like younger that. than I am, aren't you, John? No, I'm 29. Uh, so, yes, you are younger. Than just by a year. <laughs> so He's full of crap. This kid's 23. <laughs> you're 23. He's 23. 23. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> see, see, and that's see, uh, some of the wholesalers, the big wholesalers here in mm-hmm. Springfield. I mean, you guys know them. Oh, yeah. They're in, there, they're in 23. They're yeah, 24. Yeah, they're killing it. AKA yeah. Mike Bowman. Mike Bowman. Mike Bowman. Lincoln. Except yeah, Lincoln. Yeah. Andrew. Andrew's older, though. I think he's like mid 20s or something, right? Andrew? Newland? Yeah. I think he's older, yeah. I oh. thought he was, I, yeah, I thought he was yeah. a little bit older. Yeah, Dale, he's, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, Dalen. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to Dalen's episode. Yeah. Um, That's what's awesome, man. It's like all the people like we can connect with are like right around our same age group. Yeah, and it's a back to the abundance mindset. It's not like, oh crap, there's so much competition. Mm-hmm. There's no money out there, dude. There's plenty of money out there to be made. There is. Like I talk about that with even like my pest control business. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people like, whether they want to start a business, that one excuse is like, oh, the market's saturated. That means it works, dude. So just right. go be a little bit better. You know, it's just right. it's crazy. So what was it about real estate that got you like, how did you get into real estate? Why real estate? Yeah. So I, I actually interviewed, I remember in college, I interviewed to be a real estate agent. You know, I had no money or no experience, no nothing um, because I was just like naturally interested in it, I guess. Um, and I remember that, you know, I was probably like 19, like uh-huh. they, they, the broker couldn't take me seriously. There's no way I could, I don't even <laughs> remember much about it, but there's no way he did. Um, and I think it's, you know, I'm not very smart, but it's like, it's a great way for people who are like of average intelligence, no offense to you guys, but like uh-huh. us, like guys like us Dude, can I'm build not right at all. generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, um, you know, I, of course I read the cliche, like the rich dad, poor dad books and the, some of the other books. But, um, I saw like, I just saw that as a way to accomplish like my dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, I didn't want to learn how to write software, which would be like another way. Like th- some people talk about asymmetric bets and like, you know, the risk reward mm-hmm. and the rewards way higher than the risk would be. And I think real estate, I understood it first of all, and I saw it, the opportunity that it was. And I also just love, it. I love like I love, I want to be proud of where I'm from and uh-huh. I want to like 
improve the community even if it's my little neighborhood even if it's like one street you know it's like yeah yeah he he remodeled that house it looks great like yeah. improving the, the lives and the value the lives of the people who live there the value of the neighborhood you know um, everything about it so. i'm glad you said that because uh that's something i i've brought up too is like dude us as investors we could completely change a community and improve it mm-hmm. instead of being a slum lord that just you know leaves it trashed out but going in and fixing it up like we could literally improve the community absolutely so so i want to ask this because i'm, I'm kind of curious now but from a young age like i'm talking 10 11 12 did you have like when you were that young how did your brain work were you like thinking of like when we're all young i feel like we're all pretty like our brains are just all over the place but i remember like when i was young like my brain was thinking of like man i wanted to like invent stuff and i was thinking of like the next best idea like a business idea like dude like i told jake when i was like oh man i was probably like 13 12 or 13 i created this website and i was trying to sell oakley sunglasses i didn't even have (laughs) nice drop shipping before it existed yeah yeah drop shipping yeah so were you like that when you were younger did you have any ideas like that so I, um, yes, I sold Pokemon cards at recess one year. <laughs> nice. I did that too, man. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Still have your Charizard? Are you trying to sell that? No, I gave all those to my sister, man. I, I was like, you, you gave them on, to her? I was like, you should look on eBay and see how much these are worth. I think actually I went and visited her and checked to see how much they were worth. And I was like, I didn't have any of the ones that were worth much. They were like, you know, five, maybe 10 bucks. <laughs> so I was like, dang it, man. Because I, I would have snagged, snagged it right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's my one example. Um, you know, I, I had jobs growing up, like working for other people. I, I wasn't like this Mark Cuban type where I was like door to door, trash mm-hmm. bags, whatever he sold, everything door to door seems like. But um, I, I had some ideas. I just um, I knew that I, wa- I saw how successful people and most importantly, fathers were of my friend group. I saw the successful fathers and wanted to be, you know, like them. Right. Um, and I saw my mom and dad working, you know, their fingers to the bone and like, so you had yeah. a rich dad and poor dad too. I, I did. <laughs> I didn't know, but I saw them, you know, I could see them. Yeah. And I saw, I was like, well, I wanted it to be like that. And so I, I took what I would say the safe route at first and went to the corporate world for, like I said, for eight years. And my, you know, when I first started there, my aspirations honestly were to be like the CEO. I mean, mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, move to New York or wherever it was. And, you know, I had some promotions and had some success. Um, but as I talked about that, like thoroughbred or race horse mentality mm-hmm. where like eventually festered up to where, you know, I, I, I wanted to do it on my own and prove myself um, so that's, that's kind of the background of my story, but to answer your question from a long time ago, I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little bit is, um, I've, I've had the ideas, the entrepreneurship like spirit, but not to the extent of some of the other guys that have, that have really made it. Man, we have a pretty similar story. We do. Yeah. I listened to your episode and I was <laughs> like, wow, that's like, I wish I could be 23 and doing the same <laughs> thing that I am now. I know. Like I you s- are. Yeah. Well, I spent like six years in the corporate world so FedEx, yes yeah, i FedEx. remember so i mean that's like it's kind of giving me like flashback of what you're talking about I'm mm-hmm. like, man that was exactly where i was about a year i mean a little over a year ago it's right. just so sad that we're preached so much by the school system our parents baby boomers like uh to go to school get the corporate job yada 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 and we we think that's the safe decision 
But I would argue that that's not that's not the safe decision because a lot of times you're not going to be happy. You're working the nine to five. You're doing the day that that kind of grind that it's like I think it's riskier not to take the risk. You know, that's like what we were talking about yesterday. If you can't bet on yourself, who can I mean, what are you betting on? Right. Take a bet on yourself for once. So what's the worst that can happen? Like literally you you fail Mm -hmm. and then maybe you need to try a different method or way. But you could always go back to the dang corporate world. Like it's not like. Yeah. that door's closed maybe with that company maybe but right yeah that's that's a lot of this is a very emotional like decision for me because i just left a month ago but that's been like in the background of my mind is like if worse comes to worse mm-hmm. like there's an amazon plant right there yeah. and supply chain still exactly. exists and there's a lot of need for supply chain people so like that's like an insurance policy for me but at, at a higher level i i've always thought like you can cho- you can choose okay you can choose two comfort happiness and wealth choose two right so i'm i'm calling comfort like bi-weekly paycheck benefits whatever health mm-hmm. insurance 401k whatever comes with the corporate world right and yeah you can be comfortable that way but are you going to have generational wealth probably not you can i mean you can retire don't get me wrong you can retire especially if you climb the ladder and devote your life to it but i would argue that you're not really happy that way no um so yeah i i've i don't know where i heard that from i wish i could give credit but it's it's happiness comfort wealth choose two i uh well let's go back to your your story so you you've you're now a month away from or you've been a month out of the corporate world and you've done three flips yeah over the not in one month but yes 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 but but, you're uh, correct over the course of time so you've done three flips and you're about to do your fourth rental yes um what are some concerns you have and how have you been able to overcome that because i get people that ask me all the time like how are you able to take action how are we able to step out in the dark and get past your fears Mm -hmm. Uh, i have people ask me that all the time um and i think everybody has a little bit different answer of how they they make it happen how they how i overcame the fear mm-hmm. up front um well i knew that i didn't want to do what i was doing and when you're like john you probably can relate to this if you're doing something for so long that you you can you hate it more and more every day yeah every oh, yeah. single day you hate it a little bit more and a little bit more and that just compounds so that sort of outweighs the fear for me at least um and then yes there's fear but there's also you know more free educational resources now than ever any time in history. I mean, you could do a video. If you can watch a video on anything, you know, much less read about it or research it or whatever. So um, a lot of it is research and a lot of it is like um, finding a mentor, I would say, mm-hmm. whether it be like through online or in person, preferably in person, but you can definitely see some things or some success online and learn some good principles. So I would say, um, I would say researching and just knowing your numbers really, which is a total cliche. I understand that, but it's true. I mean, it's like, what are the comps? What, mm-hmm. what, what is the square foot going for in Marionville or, right. like, you know, whatever it is. So how, let's see, I'm trying to, when you first got into doing real estate, did you, did you jump straight into investing or did you try being the agent first and then get into investing or I mean, what was your door to, to getting into real estate? Flipping. So I, I was not an agent when I bought that 
the house in Marionville. I'm just, I just keep going to that because that was my first deal. But I, I was not an agent. I just knew that um, I could save a lot of money by becoming an agent. I've never done a, th- a, a third part. I've never been an agent for someone else. How did you get in? What made you want to buy a flip house? Proved to myself that I could do it and leave my job. Okay. HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just was binge watching HGTV one day <laughs> and <laughs> said I could do this and make it look easy. How did you run your numbers? I mean, did you have an agent that was helping you with comps and stuff like that? Um, I did not. Not at the time. I I used um, Trulia, honestly, and and Zillow and things like that. Um, and I when I honestly I bought something so cheap that there wasn't a lot of risk. Like. No, don't get me wrong. I, it was $30,000. Don't get me wrong. That's a lot of money. But relative to other houses that we see, you know, other buying, you know, inventory that we see that, that needs rehab, it goes for 130 not 30 Yeah. yeah. So I'm I, one of my hacks, really, and a very, very tactical piece of advice, practical piece of advice, um, is going rural. So I'm very bullish on rural markets that you can get in very affordably. When, we, when COVID happened you'll see this in like the demographics, like the population shifted for the mm-hmm. almost the first time probably ever away from cities into more rural areas. Um, and I'm very bullish that that's gonna continue, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one reason that I went to Marionville and bought a cheap house. Um, th- does that answer your question? It does, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. I, I've thought about that myself too, because my three of the rentals I have are in a rural area. Um, and there's some areas that I've always said I'm not going to invest in, but I've been kind of, it's been bouncing around in my mind lately that I would say I would never invest in before. Dude, like two years ago, I don't, I wasn't investing two years ago, but <laughs> just in the mindset, I don't think I'd have bought that Buffalo house, but you know where Buffalo's at? I do. Yeah. I bought a house out there and it was like, it was one of the best deals I've done. So just that rural area that you're talking about, and like yeah. even the outskirts of Springfield all around are getting a lot more, you know, a lot more deals, a lot more population, and, you know, prices are jumping up mm-hmm. out that way too. Yeah, even, you know, f- stuff in Lawrence County I'm looking at all the time because really? I can get, uh, you know, it's cheaper there. But you can also commute to Springfield. Yeah, for sure. Like you're saying. So what are you like? What are your goals? What are you hoping to accomplish? What are you working towards? Uh, What do you got going on for this year? Yeah. So for 2022, my goals, I have them right here Um, for the business. I'll I'll stick to business. Um, Sixty five hundred monthly cash flow, which is our business run rate. So I want to be Mm self-sustaining and then two hundred and fifty K in flip profits, which sounds lofty. And I even I admit that sitting here, but um, that's, those are my two biggest goals. My third bit goal for the business is to be running EOS, which is uh, the Entrepreneur Operating System. I don't know if that's a book, but Gino Wickman is the author. But it's just a way to scale which the business. Which book did you yeah, say? Well, uh, traction? Traction, yeah. Yeah, Traction, that's a good book. That's uh, the EOS system. Yes. Yeah, that's a good book with systems. Yeah, yeah it has a lot of systems good. in there. Yeah, a lot of systems in there. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good book. A lot of people like to go to Traction. Uh, they also like um, the E Myth. You know, those mm-hmm. those two books seem to be kind of like the books. But yeah. yeah, there's a lot of books out there. I've probably read most of them. I've probably read none of them. <laughs> I'm the worst at sitting. I mean, I've reading. been telling him this guy. He needs to start reading. I mean, he's already killing it. Imagine if this, if he was right, reading. Right, right, right. No, I. So John, you got to do this. So every day, 
and Mike talked Mike Bowman when he was on talked so much about his like morning routine and I, I just want to like taking I, a poop yeah taking <laughs> he mentioned that twice it was like yeah. <laughs> that's his that's his highlight man but Mike. then he but then he ran like six or seven miles or whatever it was yeah that's that's, that's Mike's all, that's Mike's off. that's Mike's go-to man I'm trying to buy this commercial building from him he's he's showing me the bathroom he's like come in here in the morning take a poop <laughs> it's like a sales pitch <laughs> Mike I hope he's listening to this he's man. a great salesman but yeah so every day daily habit tracking I do this and it's just like grid this is I got this from Brandon Turner from bigger pockets mm-hmm. read 10 pages is on here and it's either check if you did it X if you didn't and at the end of the week you total it up and get your percentage my so one of my goals for the year that I didn't mention is 80% daily habit tracking so last week I'll give you some context I was at 43% so I got a ways to go yeah I'm not, I don't read but it's still I don't read 10 pages every day like you said, but I read I read ten pages last night, so that's going to be better. It's going to be maybe fifty three percent or whatever it is right. this week. And like it just reading just changes your mindset. Oh my gosh, a ton. Yeah, a ton. It, it's almost a problem though. Like for me, it's been a problem because like as much books as I've read and podcasts I've listened to and audiobooks I've listened to, when you hear people say certain things, like it almost bothers you anymore because your mindset has completely shifted. You've kind of like opened your horizon to other things and you're like my gosh that's such small thinking that's such limiting beliefs and you want to like uh educate them but then you know it's like it's not worth it's not worth it it because they're just not ready especially when they're old friends yeah yeah Yeah. you're old you know you people that you grew up with or whatever yeah yeah i agree it's it's like when your eyes are open to a whole different side of the world like there are two sides and you've been living in one yeah exactly so tell us how, how. So what's one thing you feel like has led to your success so far? Because I mean, you're doing pretty good. Uh, you're a new and in, new investor, but you're. I mean, you're doing good. You're on the path. You're heading in the right direction. Like, um, and maybe actually after this too, you could kind of walk us through like one of your best deals or something. Okay. Yeah, and your goals. Don't forget to hit them. Yeah, goals. and your goals. Well, I talked about my goals. You guys, um, I'll, I'll I'll say one more thing on my goals is is. Um, a lot of them are personal. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm a believer in having personal and business goals. Okay. Um, and one of them is find a church. I've, I've, I've listened to your episodes and I'm, I was more inspired to, to, to find a church and get involved in my spiritual walk because that mm-hmm. is honestly a big weakness for me. Yeah. Um, it, I don't, I mean, I have a relationship with God, but uh-huh. it's not like, it's not like where I want it to be. Right. <laughs> don't t- talk to me after this. <laughs> no, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, one thing I'll say on goals is have personal and business goals. So um, your question, Jake, was what was one thing that has led to your success thus far? Uh, well, actually, before we tackle that question, yeah. though, let's talk a little bit more about goals. Because mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people, they feel like they need like a lot of how-tos or tactical advice or practical advice. Um, so maybe after I ask you this question, you can also walk us through like how you set your goals. Because okay. everybody's a little bit different. Um, but what I like what you said is that you have both personal and business goals. I know sometimes as business people or entrepreneurs, we focus mainly on our businesses, right? But they're inner, like a business is supposed to f- like is supposed to be a vehicle f- for our personal vision, mm-hmm. right? You have a personal vision, and the and the business is supposed to be the vehicle to help you get accomplish your personal vision. So they they're one and the same. And sometimes I think we forget that you have to have a personal vision, and then your business vision should be something that coincides with your personal vision right i mean you're you're like the preacher and i'm the choir right now it's like like, 
so so I'll just I'll start with my like personal vision as you called it. It's very similar to I get a lot of stuff from Brandon Turner. Dude, I love that. He's the guy I want to be, man. Yes, I, me too. But he said one time he he only he wa- only wants his kids to see him on his cell phone if he's taking a picture of them or on the GPS. Mm. So he is always present with them. Yeah. And that's that's what my, I want my standard to be mm-hmm. with my kids and I'm definitely not there today. Yeah. But you know, I'm working towards that. Right. So that's one of my daily habit tracking um, items that I track is 60 minutes of quality time with my kids. Mm-hmm. No, no phone. Yeah. Um, so that that was inspired from that statement from Brandon Turner. Um, so that's that gives you an idea of where my head's at for my future and my personal vision is mm-hmm. just like whatever my kids are into. Like I want to do what my mom and dad have done for me is like invest in what they want to do and and help them with it in any way I can and like you know give them a better world and just like everybody I think should do for their kids Um, but going back to to the other goals um, so I I have five I'll call it five personal goals five four or five business goals um, and I write them at least once a week and then a lot of people like Mike Bowman talked about breaking them into like months or quarters Mm -hmm. and he said he doesn't like doing that Mm -hmm. because it sort of limits you for the for the set time period, uh-huh. right? Um, so I, I usually just stick to the year. Okay. Um, and then um, I don't have a lot of like 10-year lofty goals like I should, like uh, Traction talks about. Right, right. But I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, so so you, you do write your goals weekly then? You write At them least down? weekly, on, yes. On like yes. a whiteboard or just in your notebook? Right. I have, a, I have a journal that I, I journal. Um, one of my other daily habit tracking uh-huh. items is journal, um, even if it's five minutes. And have you read uh, the... Um, Oh gosh, dang it! What the miracle Miracle Morning? I have. That's a good book. How? Did you st- How Rod? Rod? Yes, yeah. yes. Did you steal some of that stuff from there? I definitely did. Yeah, yeah I, I do the gratitude thing. Too. Yeah. Um, I do at least one gratitude, um, and then I do I, something unique to me is I do a vocabulary word because it shows like it's shown to increase intelligence, your IQ. And really? people thought for a long time that you couldn't change your IQ; you're uh-huh. just like born with it. Um, Swimming is another example, oddly enough. But anyway, I do a vocabulary word because um, I'm like you. I like to read, um, and then the daily habit tracking goals, and then I do a calendar. That's and awesome. Do you have your word of the day yet? Um, I can I can read you yesterday. Yeah, what's yesterday's? Yesterday's was filibuster. You guys know what that filibuster. means? Filibuster. That's something with the government in it. Filibuster. There you go, John. Keep going. Filibuster. Is that uh, when the House and the Senate am I on the right track? It you could oh, be. What is it? It's all right. It's all right. I'm impressed. I know where this is going. I was impressed you were that close. you knew that much. You were close. I was thinking something like blockbuster. It's a tactic for delaying or obstructing legislation by making long speeches. Mm. So, like, um, there used to be, like, a Roman law that a business had to be concluded by sundown. Mm-hmm. And so the people would talk, like, until sundown so they couldn't vote on making any changes. Ah. You know, I don't know why, but. I, I don't know. That, I just, that's Sounds just like so Jake. So if we have a politician that's speaking for a long time, we you can. Like, that guy's a... F- he's, he's filibustering. Fili- he's filibustering. That's mm-hmm. right. Jake filibusters every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. But the <laughs> gift of gab is helpful in real estate. Talking to people, that's the biggest yeah. That's the biggest thing, especially direct seller stuff that you guys do. John and I don't have a problem with the gift of gab, do we? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, now let's transition to like uh, that question I was asking you earlier. Yeah. Is what, what do you feel like is one thing or principle that you feel has led to your success so far i'm still another quote from bigger pockets and brandon turner is consistent daily action 
and the principle of one percent better every day mm-hmm. you guys probably know this principle but um it, it i write down this equation it's 1.01 to the 365th power so if you get one percent better every day you'll start at 1.1 1.01 and end up at 37.8 so you'll get 37 times better in that's, one year that's crazy that's significant and it's it's little stuff it's yeah. little tiny stuff so and i'll give you an example last week i was running comps um and I, there was i couldn't i couldn't see all of the data on one on my screen mm-hmm. right because i had to scroll right scroll left i couldn't i couldn't see what i needed to see so i couldn't see the year build i think it was and it was i was looking at like a 1920s house and there was a 2017 build i'm like i'm not going to use that as a comp so i had to scroll over delete that you know scroll back so i got rid of i changed went in to figure out how to change my default like layout mm-hmm. which and then got rid of some columns and now I can see everything on one screen. That sounds so small, so silly. Why am I even talking about it? Because mm-hmm. I got 1% better and now I'm going to save 10 seconds or whatever every time I run a comp. Right, yeah. And how many comps am I running every day? Like 10, 10 20, whatever. You know, you're saving minutes per week, right. hours. You know, that's 1% better. That's a, just an example, yeah. top of mind. One of my favorite scriptures, um, I don't know if you've heard from our podcast that we're, we're both Christian and sometimes yes. I'll bring up uh, Christian stuff, but uh, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. Um, and the reason why I really like that is because it's just it's the same principle. You just do those small, simple things, and great things will be brought to pass. But the vice versa is also true yeah. too. You know, if you're doing sm- small, simple things that are not good for you, right? Bad things are going to come to pass. So you know, right? That's why I eat too many donuts, and I look back at the way I do. <laughs> <laughs> You are what you eat. You are what you eat. <laughs> In conclusion, you are what you eat. So um, so you, you feel like getting 1% better has helped lead you to the success you've gone so far? Is that where you were going with that? Yeah, I mean, so the deal that I'm closing on on Friday, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have to run comps. I mean, I just knew as soon as it listed, I'm like, yeah, I'm buying that. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't do that as a new person, but I was really focused on one specific area in Springfield, mm-hmm. and I just know it like I – I just memorize it. Memorize so uh, from getting 1% better every day and like analyzing it so many times. Yeah. Um, so I could take, I, I put an offer quickly, you know, cash close, you know, five days, like a hard offer to turn down mm-hmm. above asking price, all this stuff. So that's, that's what's led me to be able to have the confidence to do that yeah. is being 1% better every yeah. day. That's awesome. It's nice having that confidence of being able to, to do stuff like that and not having to run really hard numbers and look at comps and stuff like that right it's saves a lot of time like you said yeah you add all that up at the end of the year and you've saved several hours right and probably several thousand dollars too yes absolutely yeah absolutely and time is more valuable than money john yeah don't forget yeah (laughs) trying to tell my father-in-law that man he's like uh, good thing he doesn't listen to this (laughs) he listens careful careful uh no one listens to this thing no i'm just kidding We've, (laughs) we've earned lots of money on this hey Inter- interlude here interlude. Uh, if you like the podcast please like it share it subscribe yes. if you found any value from it share it with a friend or whatever um, the whole purpose of this podcast is hopefully to bring value to other people and so we can all learn and grow because uh, John and I were, we're a bunch of scrubs and we're trying to learn too so. me too I'm a third scrub <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyhow so Talk us through one of like your best deals. Mm-hmm. Tell us like how you found it, how you got it, uh, what you did with it, whether you flipped it or a rental, mm-hmm. um, and just talk us through the whole the whole process. I have a, a I'm going to do two real quick. One was 
a seller financing deal that was that is in Republic School District. So if you're not from here, that's like a really good school district where we are, where we live, and a lot of growth in that town. Um, so it's a single family home, owner financed, cash flows from day one, nine hundred ninety five dollars a month, and it's seller financed for five years. Wait, hold up a second. Wait, what? You net nine hundred and cash flow nine hundred dollars, nine hundred ninety five dollars per month. Wow, and you and it, and your seller financing it. This the owner did finance it, so wow. it's in the deed is in my LLC. What are you netting? What are you netting on, on that? Um, nine, well, nine ninety five a month. You mean? Oh, yeah. So it, that's the. That's cash how flow. much you're putting okay, in your pocket. Your wow, that is the cash flow. Wow, yeah, that is the cash flow. Holy crap. That's a still. It's of just the deal. from talking to people. Like it's one of my other goals was like fifty-two um, events. That's where we met. It's like buying some properties. Yeah. Fifty-two industry meetups. It's like I need to grow my network. I hate that word network, but if I meet you guys like you uh-huh. at the meetings, it's like totally worth it, right? Yeah. And as much of an introvert, your network is your net worth. Yes. As much as an introvert as I, I am, like it's totally worth it to yeah. go to those. So I want to go to fifty-two of those. I joined the Springfield, you know, Rea Group, and then Pints and Properties. It's just so good to go stuff like this because you get so many ideas from other people. I went to last year to a. It's called Pest World for pest control business owners. Um, and <laughs> I know you think <laughs> this guy, but it was so valuable. I mean, I learned um, so much stuff. I got to talk to other vendors, and it was just that networking. Like now, I have like I mean. I have a guy that helps me even with my pest control business that has a successful pest control business mm-hmm. out west and stuff. And just being able to pick ideas from each other is just I that's mean, it's, that's it's where invaluable. you got your termite to deal too, isn't it? Yeah. So like I'm one of the t- I'm the only company. Uh, actually, I think there's one other company, but they're not out of Springfield. But I'm the only company certified to use the best termite product on the market. And nice. Centricon. Centricon. That that came from you know that. So yeah, not awesome. even term. What is it? Terminex. Not even Terminex has this stuff, dude. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Way to go, man. Yeah, man. It's, so. it's all from your network, right? Yeah, it's just from networking. And we talked about, I'll go back to Zach Riggs and Mike Bowman. Like, we talked about those guys. It's like talking to them in person gives you an idea. Like, they're doing it here where we live. Mm-hmm. It gives you an idea of what's possible. Like, it really is possible yeah. if we can be like them. Like, yeah, I mean, I, it's just inspira- inspirational. For sure, yeah. Your network can be so many things. And why I, why I was brought up network was because that's where I got that owner financing deal right. from a member of the RIA, Springfield RIA. Um, and, you know, they're very savvy. So they have lots of rentals and they're turning. And they still did that deal? T- well, here's the reason why. They're turning, I think they're in their late 60s, 70s, whatever. They're, they're retiring. Uh-huh. Um, they've paid so much money to, to the IRS in their, in their lifetimes. And they, so I have a five-year balloon. They're still going to get paid. Uh-huh. Um, but they didn't want it all up front. They didn't want all that tax burden gotcha. at once. And they have plenty of other rentals. They don't need that money right now. Right, right. They're very savvy. So I hope to be like them someday even. Yeah. So I, I think it's a win-win win you I mean the tenant gets to be in there yeah i mean that's that's three how much wins. how much does this place rent out for 1995 dude and you're cash flowing 975 995 how much well with p- no repairs because i had an hvac how much I mean, did you whatever. pay for it uh 225 was the purchase price but 15 grand down so down payment of 15 grand and then i pay a mortgage payment to the seller of 1000 wow per month <laughs> what a deal so yeah, I've I've shifted not only from wholesaling but like ask but like seller financing. Yeah. Like yeah. especially in these rural rural areas, like I mean, they can't sell it. A lot of times they can't sell a lot of things out in the rural areas, but people will rent there. Yeah. You can drive to Springfield from 30 minutes in a rural area. Yeah. So you could rent, you know, something cheaper there, make it nice, have a good tenant, 
you know, have win, 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 like I said. Right. Um, so that's probably my best deal to answer your question from a long time ago. That's awesome. I feel like I'm long winded today, but no, we, we, we're just so scatterbrained. We, <laughs> we don't ever follow an agenda. We just fire from the hip. So yeah, yeah. we jump around a lot, especially cause, cause of me, all of them are about an hour long anyways. Yeah. They're all about an hour long. So that's cool. Uh, you know what? I was going to say, walk us through a flip deal, but I think we'll just stop with that for the deal for right now. And we'll go into some other questions. Um, we call this, uh, <laughs> we should do it like the bigger puck, the fire round. Yeah. The we, final we just four. Call it the, we call it the final three. First question is, what's your middle name? <laughs> I'm giving my birthday. I'm giving everything today. Uh, what's your social security number, please? <laughs> what's your middle name? Are you serious? Yeah. Why do you need to know that? I don't know. I'm just interested. It's Vaughn. Jake Vaughn? Like Vaughn Miller, the pass rusher in the NFL. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Jake Vaughn? Jake mm-hmm. Vaughn Smith. Yeah. That's a pretty dope name, dude. Thanks. Jake Vaughn Smith I like it Real too. Estate. That is good. I like Jake. Jake's just a good name. You it know? Is. It's a manly name. Real it men. Is. Unlike, never mind. Juan. <laughs> Juan. <laughs> uh, so we're going to head over to the final three um, and la- ask one last question. Uh, actually, three last we, questions. Yeah, three last questions. Yeah, and, yeah. But actually, before I do that, though, what so what does the future hold for you? Because I know we kind of asked that, but we never got around to it. Like, what mm-hmm. are you? What are your? What are your hopes and dreams? What does the future hold for Jake Smith? So my future is my vision is very, very similar to what Dan Turkel talked about on his podcast. Is like my monthly cash flow is exceeding my monthly expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, I can pursue whatever I want. If it's more real estate, it's more real estate. Um, so that's my first vision or where I, what the future holds for me is a portfolio of upscale rental properties. Um, and then I have a healthier body and marriage in mind and, and spiritual walk that we touched on earlier. And then, like I said earlier as well, my, whatever my kids are up to, like supporting them yeah. and however I can and providing, you know, providing for them. That's sweet. Um, let me ask this too, before we go to the final three, because we don't talk about this often. Where is your signet, your wife, you're married, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Where is she at with the, this stuff? Is she on board? Um, does she just, is she passive and kind of like let you do your thing? Mm-hmm. Is she heavily involved? Tell us that dynamic a little bit. Somewhere in between, I would say. She's, she loves, she's like, she, she identifies a lot with Joanna Gaines and I have to like reel her back in sometimes. <laughs> and like the budget is this, that's not expensive. that. Yeah, that's expensive. <laughs> but she loves design. She's a great designer. She's very creative. And she does, she works for a real estate brokerage in Bentonville, which is, you know, like mm, two hours yeah. from where we are. Yeah, I served a mission, uh, church mission. I was in Bentonville for six months. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's where we moved from when I was in the corporate world. I really? was like selling for, stuff to Walmart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the supply chain world. But yeah. anyway, she, she works for in real estate. She's in the industry. She understands a lot of it and she's very supportive, um, of like st- taking a step back. She's very supportive of like whatever I like want to pursue. She trusts me. Um, and I trust her and, and we kind of have that, that understanding and that trust in each other that like, I'm going to take care of the, us. Like I'm not going to let us starve. Right, right. Right. So, so that's a good foundation. And then she loves to get involved in like the design and like, um, the tenants and, and making sure that, you know, they're, they're taken care of. And Are you managing your properties yourself right now? As we speak, yes, but oh. I have a I have an interview scheduled with a property manager because okay. I I just had well, to off air. We'll talk and to yeah. talk property management. Let's do companies. that. We'll talk shop. Talk <laughs> shop. Um, okay, cool. So we'll head into the the final three. Uh, John, you want to go ahead and take those, buddy? Yeah, man. All three. You know I'm long winded. Yeah, sure. Whatever. You know I'll probably say something. Jake Vaughn. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> What's the most recent book you've read? And what is one thing that you learned from it? 
The book is called Flip, and it's a Keller Williams. Uh, I don't know if it's sponsored, but I got it from the Keller Williams office here. It's it's by Rick Villani and Clay Davis, and the uh, it's a, this is going to be a very practical piece of advice. To when you're estimating your rehab, how long it's going to take. Total rehab budget. So whatever the budget is, twenty thousand, let's say, divided by square feet of the property. So total rehab budget divided by square feet of the property. Then you get your budget per square foot, right? Budget per square foot divided by ten, plus the average months on market, and that gives you. I've done this with all my deals, and it's insanely accurate. The rehab timeline in months. So I'll do that again. Budget per square foot. I feel like I need to write just, this. Yeah, just. I, hey, I feel like I'll send it to you guys, but but let John, me. John, write this on the whiteboard. What? <laughs> <laughs> Budget per square foot okay. divided by 10. Divided by 10. Plus the average months on market. So Why like, 10, though? Is, there a me- is it just that that's how it works out? So, hey, I'd have to open up the book to tell you 10, why it's okay, 10. Okay. I don't actually remember. So if you got a budget for 17000 Let's do it. 17000 Divided by 10. Divide. Or wait, divide that's, it, no, 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 divide no, no, the square no. footage. Okay, it's, so it's I've got one that's Budget 11. per square foot now. It's, okay. That's going to be between like 10 and 50. Right there's a square footage equals... Fifteen dollars a square foot. Okay, okay. Let's, let's do it. Divided by ten. Divided by ten equals plus the average months on market for us is probably one right now. So plus so plus okay, one plus one. Plus one. That's that's how long from from close to close. Like weeks or months. That's months. So that's from close to. Cl- if you're doing a flip, this is only for flips, flips. now. Yeah. This is only for flips. So that so John, your example is two and a half. Two and a half months. It now this is only useful if. Your your buyer on your flip is getting financing. Like if they kill us in cash, like it's going to be way quicker, which yeah. is good. Which is good. You want to you want to have some favorability in your modeling, right? Yeah. This is a. Uh, let's see. Let's divide that by two and a half divided by. Well. So that's no. That's your timeline in months for the project. Yes. Uh, four weeks. So eight. So you're looking at what nine weeks? Yeah. Or no. No. Ten we're weeks. About, yeah. Ten weeks in one month. So you could do 10 minus 4. So about 6 weeks, which is exactly what we estimated. That's a, those are real numbers. There. I'm telling so you So we did 5 to 6 weeks on that really? house. All of my wow. deals have been like spot we need to write on that with down. that we'll formula. We'll have to get that from you and write that down. Yes. That's, pretty su- that's pretty sweet. I've put it in the show that, notes. I've seen that book, yeah. <laughs> I need to figure out. Sh- well, I put stuff in the show notes, but I don't know if anybody ever looks at them. I do, if it no, makes you feel better. Oh, cool. Thank you. We've got one person <laughs> that looks at the show notes. Jake, let's go to advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Today's sponsor. Actually, I don't even know. If <laughs> what we was have. that product? Hey, Sir, right here. Terminate. No, no, yeah, Centricon. <laughs> Centricon. We actually do put ads in the the podcast, so we'll. Yeah, you can tag there. it in right there uh, where I just said that. Yeah, where you said sponsor. Yeah. Nice. Perfect. All right, whatever. <laughs> All right, number two. What is one principle you strive to live your life by? I'm wearing this shirt. I told you I'm a cliche guy, but discipline equals freedom. Is that? That's is that Jocko. Jocko. Yeah, you, dude. I know you're Jocko guy. Gosh, I love. And this I'm a, stuff. I'm a Jocko guy myself. He's a little too intense. Like on this podcast, he's always like. War and today, you know, like I can't, even, I can't even do his impression, but he's right. like, he's like super intense. He's like, you have to be disciplined. <laughs> like he's, he's he a is, cool I'm dude. Not, I, I love his books. Yes, I'm not to his level like that, but it is so true. The more you think about it, discipline equals freedom. Then just use like in the fitness example, if you exercise every day, like like take Mike Bowman, like he talked about, you take you run six miles six days a week or whatever he does. Do you think he's gonna live longer? You think that's going to give him freedom? Yeah. So his discipline in doing that is giving him freedom. freedom. Yeah. And it's it's true in any aspect. Since we're talking about Jocko, I probably should put these in the show notes too. The books. 
he has so extreme ownership. I don't know if you've read it. Yes. Super good. Um, and then what's that? Is it discipline equals freedom? Is the what it's called? The other book he talks about. Um, I can't that? remember. You Anyways, put me on the spot there. Uh, he has another book, and I honestly can't remember what it's called. But it's a it's a kid book. It's like a kid's oh, book. Oh, really? And it's like a super short read, and it's a kid's book. But man, it is packed full of simple principles to success. And I I read it for and kids, I, and it's for kids. It's like Dang. for like a fifth grader. And I read it, and I loved it. I loved it. It was super super good. Um, Did you I read it? To the your way kids? of the warrior kid. I think is what it's called. The way of yes. the warrior kid. Yes, that's coming called. up right here. And I, I searched I this. Got it's... that book, and it is. Did you read it to your good. kids? No, I just read it to myself, man. I bought it for myself. Love because it. I was like, I love Jocko, and I was like, I figured he'd teach good principles, and it is—it's fantastic. I wish I read that book when I was a kid. Yeah. Wow. So I probably will read it to my kids. Nice. Yeah, your kids are gonna be studs. <laughs> All right. Question number three: What is one of the greatest pieces of advice? I butchered that one up. What is one of the greatest pieces of advice you've ever been given? Do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. If so, Jake, you always say. This is from Grant Cardone, I think, but you always say, be obsessed or be average. Yeah, I love that quote. In order to be obsessed, I believe in order to be obsessed, you have to have some passion for what you're doing. 100%. Whether it's real estate or software or pest control, whatever it is. So so I think it's find what you love, which was the hardest thing for me. I struggled with that for Mm -hmm. so many years, but I'm in it now, finally. Thank God. But do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. You guys listen to country music? Yeah, all kinds of music. Till You Can't. That's new song, Till You Can't. Um, you guys know what I'm talking Who's about? Who's it by? I heard it. Uh, I don't know who it's by. You put me on the spot again, John. But um, So it says, if you've got a dream, chase it. Oh, yeah. Is that Cody Johnson? I think so. Yeah, that sing, no, sing. Yeah. 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 A dream won't chase you back. Yeah. So Can you give us like, can you sing No, I can't sing. Go ahead, sing You don't want me to sing. But you can do auctioneering if you'd like. Well, I, I said do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Well, so, and I want to highlight something here because people are like, well, I love, I don't, I don't I'm just going to throw something out random. Mm-hmm. Um, I love comic books, so I right. should do something in comic books, which you can make money, right? You could do like, I've seen YouTube guys doing stuff on comic books or whatever, and they're killing it, whatever. What I'm trying to get at is like, so I'm, I don't, I'm not passionate about bugs. I'm not passionate about pest control, um, but I like business. And so it doesn't have to be like, like it doesn't have to be something you a hundred percent love. Like right. the guy from dirty jobs, uh, Mike he, Rowe, yeah. yeah, Mike Rowe, he has a philosophy. He thinks you shouldn't do what, uh, your passion is. Um, and he has a whole nother philosophy and I, and I see both sides of the story, but I think like I, you have to, to some extent still love what you do or it's going to be hard to continue the yeah. grind or whatever and yeah that's true with anything it is what you make it yeah anything so you don't love bugs but do you love building your team providing for them and their families yeah 100 percent. so what's the yeah. difference yeah exactly exactly, <laughs> exactly. and that's the point i'm, I'm trying you to can make find it. something you're passionate about yeah. in any industry and maybe comic w- books or whatever maybe it is it is attitude too. that's what i love about real estate in all honesty because i tried doing the the real estate agent path first mm-hmm. which ultimately is what broke me into investing and i'm like like this was my niche you know there's so many different niches in real estate that you can get into and i just i love what real estate offers and the benefits of real estate and not only real estate but small business yeah like i mean jake loves building the team building his systems and your processes guy and Mm -hmm. you love all that well which is what better place than small business yeah 100 percent. which is funny though because i wasn't a process guy before when i first started i i was like 
had no clue what the heck I was doing, you know, and I was just reading books and stuff on it. And, and I'm not a very detail oriented guy, but that forced me to like 1% better, whatever, you know, like I got, I got better at it. And so now I like, I get excited talking about process, uh, processes and systems and I'm pretty like decent at it that I feel like at a base level that I can help people with. Yeah. He, you you helped me with mine. Yeah. And (laughs) we've talked about that too. I know people in construction, they're like, well, construction, construction. Everybody says their business is different. Construction's different. You can't you can't systematize it. There's too many moving parts. Yada yada yada. John Mitchell, Mitchell Construction has systematized their business. This goofball. So, t- <laughs> tell me it's not possible. You know. Yes. But anyways, I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> so, Jake, where can people yeah. find out more about you? Uh, you can email me if you want, Jake underscore Smith at kw.com. You can. I'm on Facebook. I'm, it's hard to find. Like there are probably like 10 million Jake Smiths. But you yeah. can you can try Jake Smith. I don't have a very good like search engine optimized name, <laughs> Jake Smith on Facebook. But you maybe hard to throw that Vaughn in there. Well, um, I, that's a thought. Yeah, Jake Vaughn. <laughs> that's Smith. probably unique. But you could also look up Bex and Homes, the name of our company. B E C K S O N. Dope hat, by the way. We're on. Yeah, you thank guys you. Don't get to see it, but it's cool. We're on. We're on. It's Facebook. a leather patch. My yeah. my wife just created our Facebook page yesterday for this podcast i asked her to do that and so she's Sweet. like <laughs> put, oh perfect put so, something on there that people can find you know so go to the facebook page yeah bex and homes there it is sweet uh dude thanks for coming on the podcast i appreciate you guys awesome. having me yeah we didn't get to even go into a lot of stuff but uh maybe we'll have to have you back on and kind of follow up to see where you are like a few months down the road or something i'd love that i want to interview you guys next time <laughs> do it because like i want to hear more about your stories <laughs> that sounds great let's do it thanks for coming on man thank you for having me till next time Thank you for listening to the Growth Circle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Jake and John on Instagram at Jake Engledew and at John underscore the underscore builder. Until next time.